Hello, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of No BS with Briar and Sarah. This is Sarah. This is Briar. Guys, guys, sorry, make an episode last week, but Briar was studying for her LSAT. LSAT and <sighs> I was studying for my real estate. Because we're studious bitches. We are boss ass bitches. Period. Period. <laughs> but anyway. We're back. We're back. We're back with the vengeance. <sighs> yes. Today we want to talk about coping mechanisms. Have we done this before? Just we've, now we've when just, I said that, I feel like I've we've done that. it from like the um the book, like how like how we react, like oh, like yeah. reaction and like a little bit about coping mechanisms, but I don't think we've done like like how what what our coping mechanisms are good bad etc like right 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 but you know what if you've heard this before it's about time you hear it again yeah and if you haven't then you know here you go (laughs) so we're gonna get into it um so there are adaptive coping mechanisms sorry i have gum in my mouth i need to spit that out that's gross here um there you go. That was for health purposes. Um, <laughs> adaptive coping mechanisms and maladaptive coping me- mechanisms. So adaptive are the healthy ones. Um, they, uh, like, it, using those, we come up with healthy and positive, effective ways to actually deal with their stress, like social support, um, mindfulness, activity. We'll get more into that later. And then maladaptive coping mechanisms are ineffective and that is you know dealing with substance abuse self-harm etc 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 we'll get into that too and um, an outline it's basically just going to worsen your mental and physical outcomes yeah and if you're anything like me and briar you (laughs) practiced both of them yeah, probably one more than the other. Uh-huh. Oops. I mean, there's a whole reason we're doing this. Uh-huh. But, okay, so get this. Health, unhealthy mechanisms divide into two categories, and one of them is unhealthy problem-focused, and the other one is unhealthy emotion-focused. Um, they're both ineffective and harmful, okay? They're just like... Different groups of bad. Yes. So... An unhealthy problem-focused example um, can be avoidance, which I definitely do, and it causes me hella anxiety. I'll be going through it, and I'm just like, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to see them. I don't want to open this email. I don't want to do, you know, whatever. And then I have all this gut-wrenching anxiety about it because I'm avoiding whatever the problem is. Yeah. Um. I think a lot of people do that, though, you know? Yeah. Like, it's very hard to face. If it's not good, it's very hard to face certain things head on. Like. It is. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, no, no, no. I was just saying, it's hard to face to an extent. Like, there are certain things that are, like, tough that I'm like, okay, it's tough, but I can handle this better. Mm -hmm. Versus other things where I'm like, where it's definitely, like, a weak spot, like. Things that I definitely like struggle with more, and so like knowing that I struggle with it, I'm like, mm, I'm really not going to try to fix this. Right. I do think, yes, that's very very common. But it's like it doesn't have to be. I have done like okay, so 
back in my day, <laughs> I was a bit of a party animal, if you haven't heard. And I just moved back to Lubbock by myself. And I had like this badass credit score, like top of the world financially for a person like me who comes from nothing, right? Like, but I started getting so fucked up and living this such troubled life that I became completely avoidant of my responsibilities. And I wouldn't open the mail and I wouldn't open an email. I do that too. I don't open my mail and I know it's a pill. And I just don't want yeah. to Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to see it. I don't. I don't want to see it. The same way. <laughs> and it gave me anxiety whenever I thought about it. But if I went and had like a drink, I wouldn't be thinking about no. it. That or if I just ignore it, then I really am like, well, it doesn't exist. Because uh-huh. I didn't open it. I didn't look at it. I didn't deal with it. Yeah. So it doesn't exist. And it felt <laughs> so, like, it was so easy to do. But I had told myself it took me two years to completely fuck up my credit. Yeah. And within two years, I would get it back. And once I started paying attention to it, it turned out to be great. I mean, it's like spending that money, but it's such a weight off your shoulders oh, yeah. to just face all these things that you avoid. And sometimes like it seems bigger than it actually is. And then once you actually like face it or fix it or whatever, you're like, oh, like I like made this way bigger in my head yeah. than it actually was. Like I thought it was a giant, but actually it's like a chihuahua puppy or something. Like ridiculous. Literally. Yeah. But, yeah, some others are, of course, substance abuse. We both know here that the girls have done whoop, did that. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> Not a good whoop, whoop. Just no, a whoop, whoop. Yeah, yeah. But that, was, that could be misleading. My bad. <laughs> yes. Um, workaholism. Oh, Put God. yourself to work constantly to uh, whatever. avoid, yeah. I've definitely done that. Oh, I so still much. do. I still do it, girl. Yeah. And then I'm exhausted all the time. And then I stress out even more. It's just perpetual toxicity that I have yet to figure out. You know? It is. And then it sucks because then I'll start to build some kind of resentment within my work life. Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, oh, I'm so dependable. I'm so reliable. <laughs> I'll do everything, everything, everything. And then that's what people expect of you. And it, it gets taken advantage of oh, a lot. Take it in, or give it an inch, take a mile. Mm-hmm. And another is perfectionism. So this can lead to anxiety and self-criticism. And I definitely, I will say, still struggle struggle with perfectionism, which is wild because I know nobody's perfect. Yeah. And that's kind of the whole point in this podcast. But there is still a part of myself that feels that because we've come on here, we've made a platform for ourselves and getting better and you know, learning from mistakes, that there is a part of me that feels a little bit more obligated to do that prior to it. So if I fuck up, I start feeling like I'm such a hypocrite. But then I'm like, yeah, I've let everyone down and I'm a hypocrite. But realistically, (laughs) I'm kind of not, I'm kind of not a hypocrite because- If you actually listen to the episodes, you'll see that I do admit to failing. Yeah. It's not this where I say, yeah, yeah, this is a completely sober living podcast. It's not. It's well, about you also like take responsibility for it. Like you own up to it. You take responsibility for it. Like you recognize it. And I feel like so many people don't like it would be very different 
if you didn't admit to it, you didn't have remorse. Like if you just were very non I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does. Like, cause I mean, I feel like there's, it's like, I compare it to like, like these mega church pastors who like preach like the word of God, but then turn around and like, they want you to donate money and be selfless. But yeah, they have private jets and private planes or like private homes and, and they like make all this freaking money and then they close their doors during a hurricane to people trying to get into their church and just like all these like hypocritical things like like that's extreme like hypocrisy and i feel like you know what i mean i feel like and they they don't bat an eye to it they continue on with this fallacy that they're just these like like god's gift to earth or something yeah you know what i mean so i feel like girl girl, no (laughs) the first to tell you you know the first (laughs) But yeah, I think that's a difference. Like you have the thing that they lack that you have that I feel like a lot of people like lack, not just, you know, mega church pastors, but a lot of people is that you have humility. Yeah. And I think that is a huge factor in a lot of things and a lot of like healing and, you know, bettering yourself and working on the bad because without humility, like you can't grow, you know? I have a lot of sense of self. And sometimes whenever I'm going through it bad, my sense of self can seem I, – I scare myself. I'm like, am I having a psychotic break? I don't yeah. know. But it comes in handy in a lot of the good too. And yeah. I don't feel like I live in denial. And I think there probably was a point in time that I did. Well, that's I think that's everybody that especially struggles with mental health or like yeah. – or um, addiction. Yeah. Definitely. But. But. Anyhow. Anyhow. So. Um, our unhealthy emotion focused coping mechanisms. Which are. Like we talked about. Uh, lead to anxiety and difficult managing your emotions. Um, include dissociation. Where you just. Completely detached from everything around you, your feelings, your surroundings, and I'm a genius at that. When I can do it. Sometimes I can't. I get sensory overload, and I'm just going to, like, pop off. I can't go into a fucking Texas roadhouse, and I love their roles, okay? But sometimes it's just, like, (laughs) too much. I can just tune everything and everyone out, and it's, like, feeling like a shell of a person like you're existing not living yeah i remember one time one of my friends was going through something really hard and she was telling me that she sounded crazy the way she was ranting to me but that for whatever reason she felt like she needed to be folded and put on a shelf and i thought that's exactly how i feel whenever i dissociate yeah like just Put me away. I'm not a person anymore. Yeah. I'm an object to be moved to a shelf. Like that's a good analogy. It was just uh I felt her so hard. Yeah. Love her. I hope she's doing amazing. Um, so yeah, it's really not just like zoning out on the school bus or whatever the no, names it's, are. It's extreme. Yeah. It's I mean, you I'm trying to begin to like it's zoning out times a thousand, but it's like you don't talk you don't even like have 
inner monologue almost. Yeah. And like, I know some people don't have that, but I have horrible animal. Yeah. That's, it's so weird, right? Like, how do you, I don't get that. I thought everybody had it, but there's times like I cannot, most of the time I can't shut my inner monologue off. But when I disassociate, like I don't even hear myself in my own head. Like it is silent. That is one of the few times that it is actually silent in my head unless I'm like asleep. Yeah. And I mean, I, I just, nothing like I won't, I don't even want to sleep. Like, I don't want to sleep. I don't want to be awake. Like I'm so like, I'm in like limbo of anything and everything, every emotion, like, when it's like, I don't talk to people. I'm not hungry, but I need to eat. I don't know. It's just like being in limbo for me. It is. And I have to say like, as low of a feeling as it is, <clears throat> it is one of my easiest and go-to coping mechanisms because the chaos inside of me is so tumultuous and like just out of this world that if I can turn all of that off, that's what I'm going to do in yeah. order to cope. It's a pause button. And it's, I, I don't want to, but you know, it's just, it's easy. Well, sometimes, but yeah, that's right. how I am when I, when I get really depressed, I, my immediate, like if I'm too stressed out, I like my stress and my depression kind of go hand in hand. But like, when I'm really like way too stressed out, whether it's sensory overload or I've bitten off more than I can chew or whatever, or I go into deep states of like depression where like nothing satisfies me. Like no, not human interaction, lack of like lack of human interaction. Like, uh, I mean anything I sleep and I mean, I will sleep and sleep and sleep. And there's days that if I don't work, I will literally be, let's say I don't work two days in a row. I will not brush my teeth. I will not wash my face. I will not brush my hair. I won't even change on the same clothes. Like I will literally lay in bed. I won't even get up to go pee or eat or get a glass of water. Like I'm just like, I would rather just like suffer and sleep because I know that when I sleep, nothing exists. Like I don't, anything that is like relevant in the real like world I hear now, it doesn't matter. It doesn't exist when I'm asleep. Like it's just, it's gone. And it's just like, I would rather be there than have to do anything or even think about doing anything else. Right. Yeah. I get that completely. And And that's what happened last week with my whole LSAT bullshit. I just, yeah, I slept the rest of the day. Yeah. So I was so upset, which is not good. I mean, sometimes it is good to just kind of sleep, but not the way that I do it. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's uh, for worse than better. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that kind of leads us into another one is just suppression, uh, suppressing and hiding emotions in response to stress. So in the same way that I can dissociate, I can just suppress that there was ever anything there. And what's fucked up about it is that I know there is something there. So I'm not this, there are people that have like an on and off switch, you know, Mm -hmm. my husband is one of them and it's so fucking weird to me that Chris can truly, really and truly here and there, stop feeling something, stop caring for a person, stop doing whatever, like an on and off switch. Yeah. And I am not that way at all. Yeah. But I can suppress. Oh yeah. And it'll always be in the back of my mind that 
I'm upset about something it's that like happened a million years ago Yuck. or that something still hurts me. I still have I feelings of something. Them. Yeah. And it's just, it sucks. Yeah. Like, bring that shit to the surface, you know? I don't know. Well, then, but then be- I'll bring up old shit and people think I'm crazy because I'm still thinking about something that happened a million years ago. It's and like, because you never like, faced it. Yeah, though. because I've been suppressing it this whole time. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, you like suppressed. Grow up. God. God. Have you never suppressed? Um, <laughs> God. Kid can't relate. <laughs> like, I, I'm just saying, well, we, we both know that you and I are very, very, very similar. Like, we found that out the very first time we ever, like, really spoke to each other we were basically the same person yeah. to an extent um <clears throat> but like with suppression i'm good at it too like to an extent i can shut people out of my life um i mean it really 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 has to come to a certain extent like the people that i was friends with in denver my ex-fiance my ex-roommate and best friend i really did i mean it was a switch like i don't care about them i don't think about them i don't like I still, I don't, I don't wish ill or good. I have, I have no emotions for them. Like they yeah. are literally dead to me. Like they do not exist. But like with other things, like I'm just like I, I can't handle this, and I'm so I'm just going to suppress it. Like because either I don't want to get upset, or I don't want to upset somebody else, or whatever the circumstance is, I will just push it as far down as I possibly can. But at some point, with me and my temper and my erratic mental state, heavily medicated. It will eventually come to the surface and it will be like Mount Vesuvius. Like it will fucking explode and everybody in my path is affected. I'm affected and anybody around me, like, bitch, we all going down. We are all Mm -hmm. sinking on this ship. We are going down, (laughs) ho. Yep. 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 Same girl, same. I hate it. Um, so another big one is denial. <laughs> refusing to acknowledge or accept the reality of a stressful situation. And I am guilty of denial a lot. A lot. Um, I don't think, I will say, I don't think I was ever in denial of my substance abuse problem. Should I? I was. don't think I was. <laughs> oh, but I definitely was. I like... pretty much knew from the start that it was bad. But the thing about it is that I used humor to cope with it. I was never like, okay, this is really bad. I need to quit. It yeah. was like, woohoo, yeah, rock and roll, whatever. Yeah. It's stupid. I think things I've been in denial about are relationships with yeah. people, um, friendships, yeah. and death. Ooh, when my grandfather died, that was the first person that I've been close to that I've like truly loved that died and I didn't know what I was gonna do when it happened I knew he was on hospice you know and I was in such deep denial that it was actually going to happen yeah and it's like you create a false narrative in your head like no this is not gonna happen like there's no possible way of course it didn't grandpa always gets sick but he's always better and so then when he did I didn't feel heartbroken or devastation i felt angry yeah because like that wasn't supposed to happen what do you mean and it's like I, you lied, lied to yourself like like, yeah. like life lied to me like this mm-hmm. like non-existent person like lied to you yeah but yeah i do feel like another big point of denial that i have has to do with relationships and i already kind of said that but 
it's like, uh, it's so easy. It's if he wanted to, he would. And if y'all had something, you'd know. You wouldn't be guessing. You wouldn't be thinking. And that was always a huge denial factor for me. Just like, if, 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 and then holding on to something with someone that I don't have anything with. Yeah. And it was a stressful situation because I allowed it to be a stressful situation because I was being used. And, but I will say it is hard to get out of, especially certain relationships. Like we've both talked about it, you yeah. know? And I mean, yes, I agree with you a hundred percent. I definitely, you know, but sometimes it, it is, it's, it's hard to get out. It is. It definitely is. What about you? Do you have like something you feel like you were in denial? I know you said maybe well, with your substance abuse. Yeah. Earlier you were, you said that you, um, you were never in denial of your substance abuse. And I was for years and years. I mean, for years and years and years. Yeah. And this weekend I was with my mom and I don't even know how it got brought up, but I, for the first time out loud to myself, more than anything, more than even to my mom, that I admitted admitted that I was an addict. Like I, I am, I will always be an addict. Like right. I will always, unfortunately, addiction is not just this like man-made like action. It's just not. It is something chemically imbalanced in your brain. Yeah. And you can argue till kingdom comes with me. That's fine. Um, but I'm going to stick to my guns on this one. Yeah, but yeah, it is because not some people can do a drug one time and they will never do it again. Some people can have a drink and not get drunk or whatever, like whatever addiction you may have me. I can't, I can't stop. I think about it all the time. I, I mean, it is, it is constant. Yeah. And I never in a million years, I'll tell you right now, a year ago, a year ago, I would never have said this. I would never be admitting this. I would never, two years ago, five years ago, like I would have told you, I am not an addict. Like I'm not, like I do it for fun or any excuse under the sun. Like, oh yeah, I do it for this, da, 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 whatever to justify it. And there are still times where like I want to try and justify why I want to do it again and why this or that, like, it doesn't matter. But the fact that I said it out loud was honestly the weirdest yeah. feeling like this thought and feeling that I, I never had, never thought I would have. And something right. that I thought I would never come out of my fucking mouth ever. It was weird. I think I needed to say it. I, I really did. Yeah. You know, I mean, Yes, I never have gone to rehab. Um, definitely probably a couple times I probably should have. Mm-hmm. Um, one time I almost did um, check myself into a, um, not a, not a mental institution, but kind of like an overnight, like suicidal addiction, recovery, whatever. Like kind of like a like watch or something. Yeah. I told my mom that. And that was one of the second to last times that I, or yeah, second to last times I really spiraled. And then a few months back, I had a really heavy spiral. But yeah, like I've been denying this shit since I was 19 years old. I'm almost 32. Like, damn, that, that's a long fucking time. And luckily, I do admit it. And I do understand. I do know. And a lot of people go their whole lives and they, they don't. Yeah. They don't admit it. And I think 
that is a huge, you know, like the, the steps of admitting that you're like the steps to recovery. The first one is like, you, you have to admit it. Yeah. And it's just like, I've been working on recovery with so many different things that like with the drugs, like drug dependency specifically, but like, I never said it out loud. And I think that that is a huge factor in continuing to move forward with recovery. Oh, absolutely. And, you have to be able to admit it. Yeah. What do you, there's, you can't move forward if you don't yeah. think you have a problem. Yeah. And I mean, I knew like, I knew <clears> right <throat> when I started getting sober, like, okay, yeah, I could definitely have a problem, but I never said I was a fucking addict. Right. You know, I get that. I guess like, I, like I said, like I was never too much in denial that I had a problem, but I think it was easy for me to downplay because being in the bar industry and knowing all these people from the bar, you see them all fucking up, making the same mistakes. So it was easy to downplay when the people around you are doing the same shit. And then you can laugh it off and take a shot about it. Or they're worse. And yeah, for <laughs> sure. And it's like, okay, well, I might be me, but at least I'm not him, you know? Yeah. And uh, and I don't want to, like, if you're someone that's known me for a really long time, Maybe there was a point in time that I said, you know, I didn't have a problem, but I really doubt it because I just kind of knew that once I was starting, I was going balls to the wall. And oh, yeah, we do. Like, and people with BPD, there is it is zero to 100, it is all or nothing. There is literally no in between. Like, I don't know middle ground to save my fucking life. Like, I don't know, like, just to be in the middle. Like, I can't be lukewarm it's either i'm freezing or i'm burning up yeah and i hate that but it's a good quality and it's also a bad quality and it's it's something that you have to learn to kind of hone in on and make sure you are making it a good quality versus allowing it to become a bad quality yeah so the last unhealthy emotion focused coping mechanism on my little list here is rumination which is dwelling on negative thoughts or emotions without taking action to address them. And bitch, <laughs> do I love to do that. Oh, no. Well, okay. Now, sometimes, yes, I do take action to address them, but I don't do it in a polite way because um, I will have been uh, dwelling on these negative thoughts for so long that now I'm pissed off about something that happened four fucking years ago. And (laughs) now nobody's going to have a good time. You know what I mean? We're all going down. Yeah. You want to know something funny? Uh, You want to talk about old shit? Let's talk about old shit. And yeah, that's something really bad that I do. And I so wish I, I didn't do it. I try to be a good present person, but God, sometimes Sometimes when I get to an the argument, littlest thing, the I littlest will, trigger. I will pull all shit up and I will throw it back in your face like it's fucking brand new. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but if you do that to me, oh no, hell to the no. Yeah. I'm like, um, you're supposed to forgive and forget, bitch. But me, there's certain times I'm like, okay, well, it does not apply to me when it actually does <laughs> and it should, but I, you know, I'm a little. Everybody's a little bit of a hypocrite. Sometimes yeah. the hypocrisy is a little bit heavier in my side than, than not, which, you know. We contradict ourselves. Oh, yeah. It's nothing to embrace, but it's something that's true and oh. nothing to be in denial about. There, there you, you go. go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what makes us have these unhealthy coping me- mechanisms? There are 
lots of reasons, okay? Uh, it can be your genetics, PTSD, childhood experiences, trauma, life circumstances, financial stress, work and relationship stress. It goes on and on and on. Anything in your life that's stressing you out, that used to stress you out, whatever, is going to make you probably use some unhealthy coping mechanisms. For sure. But there are ways, there are other ways. And I talked about it a little bit earlier, but we're going to go a little bit more in depth now. And I feel like we've talked about a lot of these in general, just like uh, when we're talking about, oh, how to stay sober, how to have like a- Casually. uh, Yeah. Yeah. How to love yourself, shit like that. But these are like, this is a list. I need to source this. Uh, I- I have, I took some sources, okay? <laughs> I'll, I'll find the name in the end. We source our shit. We make sure that you guys know. Yes. That is legit. But these are ways to help you stop. And number one, identify your triggers. I started doing this yeah. whenever I was, like, breaking my sobriety, like, a lot, a lot. Yeah. A lot, a lot. I started thinking, what, in what moment makes me want to take that drink. And then I just put it in my notes app in my phone. And it helped me a lot, but it didn't always help me because yeah. I'll still make mistakes. And the trigger is just like heavier than, or what, how, like the trigger is worse. I can't think the trigger is more than like you're, you being able to cope with it. Right. Um, but identifying those triggers has been super helpful for me because I know what to not do. I know what to avoid. Yeah. And so that's the way I've been doing it. Do you have any way you've been trying to identify your triggers? So whenever I need to get back, I've kind of slapped with counseling, uh, just busy, not because I think I'm better and I don't need it, but, um, Cindy, she's my counselor and she, I had some apps any time that I would like feel super stressed or depressed or whatever, there was an app you could like, it was like these little like, ha- like smiley faces, happy face, whatever. And it would go, you know, like happy, stress, angry, whatever. Yeah. Like a mood tracker. Yep. Thank you. Mood tracker. And I will say that did help quite a bit. Um, kind of slacked on that, but I, I've definitely, I've learned what's like certain triggers. Um, and if like, which ones are avoidable, Avoid them. Don't put yourself in that situation to where yeah. you're going to get triggered because then I hate to say it, it's your own fault. Um, you know, be wiser than that. And then there's other things. It's like, okay, some things are going to be out of my control. Like, how am I going to address that? How am I going to react with it? And like, how am I going to get past it? Right. And sometimes I don't do well. And other times I, I'm like, okay, in the past, this is how I would cope with it. Right. Not good. Yeah. Now I've had some counseling. Like I, you know, I listen to self-help um, podcasts and, you know, mental health podcasts and, you know, they do this, try it out. Okay. This one worked for me, but still, eh, and just kind of, it's honestly like a uh, trial and error, but I've definitely learned like, this is how you need to handle it. Not the old way, the yeah. old ways instant gratification and suppresses whenever bullshit's going on, but it does come back to the surface. It doesn't go away and it's still there. And you're just going to repeat the same toxic pattern and whatever. And you know, what do they say? It's, um, uh, try, try again until you realize that 
what is it? Something like that. It's like, try, try again until you realize you've wasted all your time trying. And then there's another one. It's like, um, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome is called insanity. Yeah. Which literally, I mean, like I'm kind of insane, but you know. Yeah. And that's what it is. Yeah. Well, the second one is to seek support. Obviously we talk about that a lot, having each other, me having my sisters, my husband, other close friends. Sometimes you just have to talk about the things that are uncomfortable. It's kind of a vulnerable position in the beginning, but after that, it's just, it's second nature for me to just be like, Hey, you know, uh, well, here's a real hard fact about me. You've already seen it. That I'm a shit show. <laughs> so let's just be honest here. Yeah. I'm a shit show. So, um, seeking that support in other people has been so helpful for me because if I was still in denial to everyone else yeah, and only I know that I have the problem, nothing's, no one, if people know that you truly don't want to drink or whatever it is that you don't want to do, that's your unhealthy coping mechanism. You don't want to do drugs. You don't want to self-harm. If they truly know you don't want to do that thing. They're not going to encourage you to do it whenever you feel bad. I'm never going to say, man, I had a shitty day. And Briar's going to say, Let, let's go get a drink, girl. Let's get fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, no. Absolutely the fuck not. And the average person won't do that to you. In my whole time of drinking, not drinking, drinking, not drinking, there's been three people that have been like, all right, let's take a shot. Yeah. And the first one, when he said it to me, I was like, okay. And then he's like, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. No, I I didn't think you were going to say yes. Okay. Well, that's good. Okay. And then well, whatever. He changed his mind. He still got me the shot. Yeah. The other ones just like, he's an older man. I, don't, I really truly believe he meant no harm. But the other one just literally told me like, but I love drunk Sarah. Like. So do you think with finding support, that it is more important and more beneficial to seek support with people that truly care about you and that really understand your sober journey versus, you know, people that don't. And obviously the answer is yes. Yeah. But like now, you know, like in those instances, who really is your friend and who actually gives a shit about you versus those who are your friends when you're fucked up. And that's the only reason why you guys are friends. That's the only thing you have in common. Yeah. And it's like back in the day, you would seek their support because they'd get fucked up with you. Yeah. So, you know, when you seek support, be very judicious with who you seek support with. Yeah. Because they may not have ill intent, like the one gentleman may not have ill intent, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like if it does not move you forward, it does not progress you, it doesn't help you or whatever, et cetera, then it's like, that is not someone you need to put this specific trust in. This is like this, you don't need to have them as not a crutch, but, um, a rock to lean on basically. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you really have to find, and you know, again, without ill intent, but moving forward, you know, like I can't trust this person to help me whenever I need that support. Mm -hmm. And that's another big part where avoidance comes in because if I had only spoke up to someone within my support group whenever I'd be feeling some type of way, I wouldn't have ended up getting fucked up because they wouldn't 
have put me in that kind of position. They would have allowed but it. But I become avoidant of them. I'll get myself locked up. Yeah. And like that sucks so bad. It's it, minus the one person that said I love drunk Sarah. I don't blame him for me drinking, but but also I triggering. Still, it, it was triggering. <laughs> Literally, you, can, you don't put a shot in front of an alcoholic and tell them that you love them better when they're drunk. Yeah, it's like such a slap in the face. Like not only to like you as a person, but also to you and your your uh, sobriety journey. Yeah, it's just like damn, like so. Deep down, you don't really give a shit about me because drunk Sarah is not the real you. Yeah. You know, just like drunk Briar or drug addicted Briar is not the real me. It's just not. It is a facade that you put on that, yeah, you like it too because you can hide yeah. from the real shit that's happening. It's, yeah. Yeah. So I would say seeking support and uh, not being avoidant go completely hand in hand. Yeah. Like have your support system, but make sure you're actually reaching out to them when you feel some type of way, because if not, you're going to hurt yourself and keep that to yourself. And then it's just, yeah, and it, it, it's just a really bad, disgusting cycle. Yeah. And oh, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, she gone. Okay. She gone. She fleeted. Well, the next one is practicing mindfulness. I know I talked about this on the last episode when we are talking about trying to stay sober during the holidays. And that's how, what, however mindfulness comes to you, be it through meditation or uh, journaling, etc. cetera. Yeah. Um, but I do find it to be very important because, like I said in the last episode, when I'm not – to me, mindfulness is – pure present yeah you were just like and present. whenever i am not present my mind is wandering and i am whoever i'm that same girl from 2018 mm-hmm. I'm the same girl that hears this fucking 80s metal and wants to slam a shot like woo, woo! but like <laughs> like no like stay right here right now who you are how you got here yeah don't go backwards because i will i'll go backwards and i'll fuck up so I try to stay mindful. I think you know? that is important. And that's, I feel like that's an area <clears throat> that I kind of struggle with, like being present, at least the way that you, you talk about it and how you have presented it yeah. about yourself. And I think that's something that I definitely need to like work on as well. I could see that. Um, but I don't mean that in an ugly way because I do the same oh, thing, yeah. but I think your mind wanders a lot. And so does mine. Yeah. Like we're right here, but we're thinking over here. Oh, I'm like 10 conversations deep with myself. Like, yeah. I completely you got like topic. separate like tabs open in your head. Exactly. That's And yes. some of those might start stressing you out. And that doesn't mes- necessarily mean you're going to break sobriety or whatever, but you're going to be stressed the fuck out. Yeah. And like, if you can't control it right here, right now, then chill out and control it whenever you can Yeah, and stay present right here, right now. Focus on what's in front of you. Yeah. And I will say like recently, I'm trying to remember, I don't know if it was the whole LSAT bullshit or something else like recently, the last like two weeks, week and a half maybe where I almost, I mean, I literally wanted to go and buy a bottle of wine and I, when I say it was what is even an inkling, it was like I almost had the keys in my hand. Like yeah. I was like, I already had that decision almost made. Like that decision mm-hmm. was already almost made for me. And I knew that's not what I wanted. But the devil on my shoulder was like, nah, that's what you fucking want, bitch. Like that's what you want. Yeah. And it's like, that's what the old me wants. And I really, really wanted it bad. 
And I, I think I just went to sleep instead. <laughs> so yes. there are instances where sleep is okay. <laughs> yeah. You're very present when you're asleep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my dreams are weird as fuck, but, but yeah, no, it was, it I mean, and I, I literally was, I don't remember what it was, but I had not been that stressed out and that triggered in a hot fucking minute. Yeah. And I've just been stressed out. And this is another thing is take care of yourself. Get proper sleep. I don't, but you do. You need to, you know, I'm telling you, you need yeah. to. I need to work on that. Oh, fuck but you like, are. I overwork myself. I, I, I don't get good sleep. Like I, I'm lot like recently in the last month and a half, like I just have not been doing what I need to do. And I can feel it. And like I said, I think it finally boiled down to, I think it's like in the last week and a half to that moment where I almost broke sobriety. Like I just have not been taking care of myself. Yeah. And it's just like, it is so important for you to do the basic things in order to stay good. Yeah. And it seems like trivial, but I swear it's the little things that keep you going. Like yeah. you have to. That's exactly right. Um, and part of taking care of yourself is, you know, this is the next one, engaging in physical activity. Sometimes when I feel like shit and I feel stressed, the last thing I want to do is engage in any physical activity. Yeah, no. I don't want to go to the gym. No, I don't want to go for a walk or a run. I don't even want to get out of my fucking bed and get water. But when you do that, you are focused primarily on the physical activity uh -huh. that you're doing. And, and you can let your mind wander while you're, you know, on the arc, on the fucking treadmill, whatever, releasing endorphins but at least. <laughs> whenever you are like, you're focused on that workout, you're focused on every movement of your body. You are literally releasing that stress from your body, yeah. from your physical being. Need to get back and it's kids. so good for you. It's, it's just the hardest part is getting up and getting there. I was say, it's getting there. Mm -hmm. And Sarah and I were talking about this in the car, just like, I need to get back in the gym because not only does my body feel good, but my mind feels good. And it's like, I'm so resistant to just doing it and just getting there. But I know every time the outcome is the same, that I feel good. I have a good rest of my day or night and then I feel good the next day unless I'm super fucking sore. But I don't know why it's just such an inner battle to just fucking get there. And I feel like everybody kind of consistently says that like the hardest part is just getting there. Yeah. And then once you're there, you're like, well, I'm here. I'm present. I'm present. Yeah. And that's what you focus on. So yeah, that's what I thought. For sure. For sure. And so the next one is developing a self-care routine, which goes hand in hand with that. Yep. Um, if you... Plan out your days and in those plans include taking care of yourself, be it how much water you're going to drink or, you know, doing your skincare. Did you eat today? Exactly. <laughs> Stuff like that. It's so much better for you than just raw dog in the day and most likely feeling like shit. You're still going to have bad days when you're doing self-care routines, but at least you have a self-care routine involved in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. The bad days aren't as bad. Yeah. Like... You still, you still took care of you. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the next one is start therapy, which I know we've talked about. That's not easy for everyone, but therapy. it's possible for everyone. Actually, exactly. There are free options. There are a scale, sliding scale based pay options. Like there's even podcasts that like therapists you can listen to, you know? Yeah. There's MD live M as in McDonald's fucking love live. live. Um, there's there's a whole lot, you know, and I don't 
You got to do it though. You got to, even if you're not, don't lie to your therapist. Don't lie to your therapist. I've lied to therapists before because I was scared to disappoint them. You know how crazy that is? (laughs) The most realest, rawest therapist session I ever had was with my old therapist, Dennis. He was the one that was helping me a lot whenever I was struggling with alcoholism super bad. And I actually want to get in touch with him because obviously, you know, I've had my slip ups Yeah. and I want to talk to him about that. Um, but I was, I just got too busy at the time and made excuses, but I almost didn't go to that one because I was drunk. Oh, I remember you telling me that. I just decided to do it and I cried and I cussed and I did all the things. I was drunk, Sarah. And that was the realest fucking rawest therapist I've ever had because he saw the real me. I had this girl right before him. She was like super like nice and polite, like great girl. But I felt guilty telling her the things that I would do, Yeah, you know, or I could like tell Dennis, like, okay, you're never going to guess that I believe well, I mean, <laughs> what I, <laughs> what I believe <laughs> you will never guess that I just did last night. And I could tell him and I don't know. I, Therapy is really important. Counseling, therapy, whatever it is that you do. They're literally there not to judge you. Like they, they, they went to school. They got like, if they're a psychiatrist, man, they fucking got their, their dog trait. Like they're, they are not there to judge you. And trust me, they have heard all kinds of shit. That's what I was dirtier, just say. Yeah, dirtier shit than you. And trust me, there are people that have some crazier shit. Sometimes I think I'm insane and I'm like, well, you know what? I'm not the only insane person. This is not the first time that they've heard this. It's not, you know, it's it's not. And they're prepared yeah. to help you. That is literally what they're there for, is to help you and teach you coping mechanisms. And chances are, if you're listening to this, you're not actually insane because, it, okay, insane people don't know right from wrong, right? Yeah. Okay, so, like, when I was feeling like, I'm insane, I'm fucking psychotic, and I was talking to my old psychiatrist He's like, you're, you're not. Yeah. An insane person okay. has doesn't have a sense of reality. Yeah, they don't. They don't know right from wrong. Yeah. You're just a person with mental health issues. Yeah. And that's what we're here to tackle. Yeah. And we joke. I, I joke about being insane, but I I know. Yeah. We definitely joke about it, but it's we're, we're yeah. yeah. So never feel like, and even if you were insane, first of all, please go see a doctor, of course. But if like, yeah. even if you're not, and you're just like, oh, I just feel crazy, and I'm like too embarrassed to share this with someone. Don't be. First of all, they've heard worse stories than yours. Mm-hmm. And second of all, they're going to be the first, literally the first person to tell you that you're not insane. <laughs> they're going to be for real the first person. For real, not me for one. once. Not just Briar. <laughs> not just Briar. They will be the first. <laughs> I will be the second. All right. But the next thing is using positive affirmations. Now, I'm really bad about doing this throughout my day because my mind is such a wandering mind like we've talked about. Um, I try to be present, whatever, but... Okay, this is going to sound really silly, but I see 444 everywhere, 444. That's your angel number And whenever I see it for that minute, I tell myself my positive affirmations. But I was just telling Briar this the other night, I wanted to reintroduce prayer into my life. I'm not a faithful person. And I I am not I am not a Christian. But I believe that, okay, so it's really easy to, for me anyway, because I grew up a Christian, you pray before bread, before bed, right? So putting out those positive affirmations right before bed is, 
it feels so good. And it doesn't matter that I'm not praying to maybe the same person someone else is, that I'm praying to myself, to the world, to the universe. Like, I really, truly believe that. Yeah. We're here for a reason. We have feelings and emotions for a reason. If we, if this was all just for nothing, why do we fall in love? Why do we get hurt? Why anything, yeah. you know? And so right before bed, I'm putting my prayers, my thoughts, my affirmations out there of what I want for me, what I want for loved ones. And yeah. I know that you probably do that through your own religious yeah. prayer. Yeah, I'm a, I am a Christian. And I mean, I will be the first to tell you. <laughs> I'll be the first person to tell you the first. that there was a point in my life where I, you know, I did grow up um, Christian. But there were a few years where I was agnostic and I didn't believe in anything. And... You know, I will never be a person to Bible beat ever. Um, I will always tell people, like, I love you, I want you to get saved, et cetera. But I will tell you that going from agnostic, going back to, to, to really finding my faith, and I mean really, really finding it, and trust me, I have fallen and gotten back and back up, and I've found my faith and lost it many times. That's just that's the name of the game. But I will say that prayer is powerful. And words have power. Yeah. I mean, it, they really, really do. And I feel like in any religion, like literally in any religion, that words have power and they know that. They know that it does. And I, I mean, I do pray and I pray throughout my day. And there are times that I don't know how I would get on without prayer. I really don't. Yeah. And one thing I've had to learn is sometimes with prayer, the answer is not yes, it's not no, it's wait. And it's one of those things. Like sometimes I, you know, I, I pray for, for mental health or whatever for, you know, and it's like, you have to wait, like you got to go through this to get to that point or it's not the right time or whatever. You know, I'm not, I don't know everything in the universe. I don't know everything, but for me in my life and my stance, Prayer is one of the most incredible and powerful things that any human being can do. Yeah. I mean, anybody. Like it, it's in, it really is incredible. And I love that you started when you told me that. I'm, girl, that was I had never thought those words come out of your mouth. Now, whether they lead to, to one way or another, you know, that's that's between that. But right. but I loved hearing you say that. That made me feel so elated and like that's awesome. Because, yeah. I, because I know through my own experience what prayer has done for me. Right. And what prayer has done for others like that, that I've prayed for. Or not even that, no, you know, just me, but just what prayer has done for them. Whether they yeah. were praying for themselves. And it's just, it's incredible to see it unfold in your life. But it's also, it's more incredible to see it unfold in somebody else's life. Absolutely. I do believe in the power of prayer a lot. I, for, for some things, obviously, I can't. Because there are some things that prayer cannot just take away, but I've seen the power of prayer in so many people and whether or not I believe like in who they're praying to, I have seen that things get done uh -huh. because of the power and energy that they are literally manifesting. It is the manifestation. Putting these positive affirmations out into the world. Words have because power. Because they're trying and trying they're praying and praying and uh -huh. so for me i have reintroduced prayer into my life I love right at nighttime you. and it's girl awesome. pray throughout the day i'm telling you try try praying yeah. when you wake up 
and in stressful moments, pray. There are times, it's so silly, but my mom one time told me that she even prays just, she's like, it's so insignificant, but, and she's a Christian too, but you know, even the little things God cares about. And she's like, there's been times I've prayed for a closer parking spot to the door because it's raining or it's really windy. And she's like, and I get a closer spot to the, to the whatever. And it seems silly and it seems like insignificant, but like sometimes those little things you need. Words Some, work. Yeah. And sometimes you just, you need little wins here and there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I definitely encourage you to, you know, and pray, you know, whatever, like whoever you believe in that is between you and that entity, but try praying throughout the day. And I just, I challenge you to that and see kind of how that works out for yeah, you. you know, I now, definitely will. I think that would be an interesting, um, what is it called? Like an interesting little, not test, not a little, um, little trial. I, can't, I, can't. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I was <laughs> studying earlier today on my LSAT. My brain is mashed potatoes, yeah, but yeah. We're probably talking too much. This is a long episode. We're almost done though. That's we're on one. number eight. This is a good one. Number eight is to set achievable goals. And yes, that's what it's about. Let me tell you this. Yes. I want to stay sober during the holidays. I've wanted to stay sober forever and I fucked that up. Okay. I'm going to be real with you. I got drunk a few nights ago. I was in a bad mood. Okay. And it happened. I'm incredibly sorry for it. I'm not going to throw myself out of a freaking window. And I had to tell myself, (laughs) 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 I'm like, okay, I fucked up, but you know, I, when I was coming back together with myself, reminding myself that it's okay, I told myself and realized that I have spent a lot of days fucking up and getting drunk whenever I haven't wanted to. But I have spent the last year since I broke my sobriety last October, I have spent more days sober than I did drunk. And I couldn't say that shit two years ago. And I couldn't say it for five years in a row. I love that you told me that. That was, oh my God, I loved that. I think that was, I could cry. I think that was so fucking important for you to know that. Yeah. And I think that was really important for you to say it out loud to yourself and realize that because we are so hard on ourselves and it sucks. Like we're always the first people to beat ourselves down the most. And it's like, well, like we have to love ourselves and it's one of the hardest things to do. And I don't know why. And I just love that you came to that realization. I yeah. really do. It makes me so happy because I'm always telling you, no, you're not. Don't do this. Don't beat yourself up. Da, 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 da. I mean, I'm guilty of it too, but like, I'm just glad that you, you saw what I see. Yeah. Like, I just want you to see yourself the way that I see you and how successful you've been and how much you've grown. Like, I just want you to see what I see. Yeah. You know? Thank you. Of course. Thank you. I fucking love you. So, you know, that long-term goal, you know, I didn't necessarily pass of uh, getting sober back again forever. But my short-term goal right now is getting sober through the holidays. Tomorrow is my 31st birthday. Woo! Happy birthday. Thank you. This episode might air tomorrow because something, this website's slacking, but we'll see. Uh, So it might already be my birthday, October 19th. But I'm going to have a sober 31st birthday. Yes. And my short-term goal, my achievable goal. There you go. Is to be sober during the holidays and to finish my 
real estate tests exam thing or my whole real estate course i've got three parts left you're gonna do it and that is my achievable goal and when i finish them i'm gonna be like such a badass you are what are yours oh let's see well and i was even gonna say like even just like the holidays i would suggest to you to even make it shorter stay sober through halloween yeah then stay sober let's through thanksgiving okay and because what I had to do when I originally, when I first got like for real sober lost, I think it was like, just, I think it was like the first week of December. Yeah. Cause I think it was like a week or so after my birthday. Cause that shit was fucked up. Anyway. Um, when I originally was like, okay, I'm going to be sober for forever. Do you know how daunting that was? You know, how yeah. I felt so small to just the idea of sobriety, permanent yeah. sobriety. And I was like, there's no way, there's no fucking way. So I was like, okay, we know that that is not an attainable goal at this moment. Right. What is attainable? What is a short-term attainable goal? Okay, let's make it three months. Cool. After that, I was like, let's make it to six months. Cool. I hit my 10-month mark. My next mark is a year. And then after that, another three months. And it's that is and that is the only way. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, that is the only way that I have stayed sober. And that is the only way I'm going to continue to stay sober because – for, for the rest of my life, I don't fucking know what's going to happen in five days from now. I don't know yeah, what's going to exactly. happen in the next minute. Like, life is so unpredictable. And to give yourself such a, like, such a difficult task and goal, like, you're not doing yourself any favors. Like, be yeah. nice to yourself. You're making a stressful situation yeah. more stressful. And it doesn't have to be. Like, even if your goal is to be sober for a week, or it's not even about sobriety, but whatever goals. Like, my other goal... So last week I was taking my LSAT. Some shit happened. I cried my eyes out. Thank you, Kevin. That was with LSAC. You'll never hear this, but you were godsend for real. I was fucking crying on the phone. Love Kevin. Anyway, but um, some shit happened and I will not be taking my LSAT in January. And uh, my goal now, uh, my other attainable goal is to get a 165 or 170 on my LSAT. I have been practicing almost every single day. And I'm telling you right now, I don't fucking want to. I don't want to study. And even with the studying, I've broken it down. Okay, do this one section. Okay, take a pause. Okay, if you're up to it, do another section. Yeah. And just more and more in my life, like I'm having to do short-term goals and just short-term whatever to actually succeed because life is hard and it gets harder and there's more shit is thrown into the mix and it's just like – if I have to do all of this, if I take all of it on at once, I can't, that's when I go into depression and I sleep. And so to avoid those things and to be successful, yeah, you know, I give myself a fucking break for one, but yeah, I make attainable or a, yeah, short-term attainable goals. I've said that probably a thousand times, but yeah. So those are my goals right now is to Hit a year and two. And I'm going to. I'm going to get a one fuck. I'm, I'm going to get above a 160 miles. I know that without a doubt in my mind. You are. I'm busting my ass just like you're going to make it through October, November, and December in January sober. And you're going to get your real estate done. And yeah. Yes. We're two bitches coming on a come up. That's right. All right. So the next one is to identify and challenge your negative self-talk. I'm really uh, bad about doing this. Yeah. Um. Uh, 
prime example, like I was immediately doing the other day after I got drunk and immediately I'm a fuck up, I'm a loser, I'm a drunk, yada, yada, yada. And then I was able to talk myself out of it pretty easily. Um, I still feel very bad for my husband who has to deal with me when I'm like that. And I feel very bad for the bartenders who had to see me in that state. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But hey, I'm a good tipper. Um, uh I was able to pull myself back up, but a lot of times in the past, I've not been. Today was really challenging. I went to the mall to find an outfit for my birthday, and I wasn't liking the way things were fitting me. And immediately, all of the negativity and self-talk was coming down on me. First of all, fitting room lighting is fucking rude. And those mirrors, I hate those fucking mirrors. All of them. Every single one. I'm like, this is a lie. And I know, like, I know, okay, that's what I look like. But, like, really? Really? It just, it was so much. It was so bad. I didn't want to eat afterward. And then I did want to eat, but all I wanted to do was binge. And it was just a lot. And it's crazy. Like, I'm human. Be gentle with myself. The way we've talked about before. If it was your friend, you wouldn't talk to your friend that way. You wouldn't say, well, yeah, you do look fat and hideous in that dress. You shouldn't have lunch. Yeah, you would never fucking say that. (laughs) Be like, girl, it's okay. You look hot. And, you know, if you don't like the way that fits, let's get you another size. Let's go get you another outfit. Yeah, that's what I where you're going to feel today. good. You're going to feel like a bad bitch. You know? Because in the end, you are a bad bitch. You are. Sorry something didn't fit the right way. Like, okay, the amount of time, it wasn't for me. Yeah. And the amount of times that they look cute on the on the hanger, I'm like, ain't nobody fucking looking cute in this. I'm like, this is a, a, a bad design for yeah. anybody. Yeah. So whatever. You're just like I told you, you know, like, we can go and mall or, you know, I can help you pick out an outfit and. And there's the support. Sometimes you just need somebody else to kind of help lift you a little bit more. Yeah. And I made Sarah dinner. You know what? We got a fucking treat. You know why? Because we deserve it. And we're allowed to do that. We are allowed to. No matter. No matter. And I really mean this. This is not me being like fake body positive. No matter what your body type is, there is an outfit out there that you're going to look so fucking good in. And that somebody else wouldn't necessarily look as great in not because there's something wrong with them, but because it's not suited for their body type. Yeah. That's just the way it is. And that's okay. And with that being said, wear whatever the fuck you want. Like, you know, literally, because like if I said it didn't look good on me, that isn't like whatever, whatever makes your mind happy. You wear that shit and don't be cutting yourself down. That's crazy. And don't let other people put you down. Like, honestly, when people are, like big fun or like whatever, whatever. If it's neg- anything negative, right? I'm telling you right now, they're fucking haters and they're jealous. And I'm, they may say like, oh no, I'm not jealous. Bitch, you are jealous because you took the time out of your day to make a comment. Yeah. So obviously I'm that important to you. You're jealous. Oh my God. I know we said we'd like, sh- uh, sh- like hurry up with this episode. This reminds me. <laughs> so a few years ago I was like, pretty mega hottie. I'd had my surgery. I had like lost a lot of weight. I was looking good. I, every day, like our dress code was like black shirt, like, um, black shorts or whatever. And you know, I was banging, like I was a cutie and I worked with this guy bartender and his wife would go up there and drink. And one day she pulled me aside and she's like, I just want to tell you, like, I, Love your outfit, but I really wish that you would, like, wear pantyhose or something to cover up your cellulite. Fucking bitch. <laughs> and, like, tell me. Like, at the time, it hurt my feelings so bad. 
But like, She's tell probably, me now that bitch wasn't jealous because I, I worked with her fucking husband. Thank you. I, you took the words out of my fucking mouth. She was jealous. She didn't feel comfortable with you looking good around her husband. I'm sorry, sweetheart. That's on you. That is not on Sarah. That is not on me. That is not on anybody, but that is on you and your insecurities. And don't try to drag me down because you have insecurities. Honey, fix them. Like, go to therapy. Wow. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and toot my own horn, but during this era, I'd get compliments all the time from men and women. Fuck yeah. Work for fucking tips, and it was showing because, you know, unfortunately, that happens with our bodies. Like, Yeah. yeah. It, it'll help you make more money if you're looking hot. And that doesn't Nobody mean... was walking up to this woman and telling her how good she looked. Yeah. And I'm not trying to cut her down. That's just the fact. But... Jealous. She's jealous. Yeah. And jealousy, I can tell you, does not look good on anybody. No. So just don't be jealous. Like, and talk about a fucking woman hater. Like... Woman hater. Like, to cut another woman down like that? Are you shitting me? Now, yes... If my friends, I'm like, oh, that's kind of questionable. And, like, I know that it may later on, like, they may feel, like, awkward or whatever. Yeah, you know, don't let your friends go out looking crazy or anything like that. Of course. But also, I mean, do say it gently. But also, like, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. But, yeah. That's, yeah. The, the end. That's where I, that uh, sentence is there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Whatever. Fuck that lady. She's a, she's a hater. I'm she's telling hater. you. Like, I got picked on so much in junior high. I was the new kid. And I was picked on by fucking girls. But I'll tell you right now, all the popular dudes and all the football players, they liked me. You know why? Because I was fucking nice. Yeah. I wasn't a mean bitch. And all those girls didn't like me because of that. And it's like, well, I'm sorry that... I am cute. And I'll admit that I am cute. Am I cute all the time? No. Are there some days I look like a freaking potato? Yes. But I know that I am cute. And it's also like my personality. Like I know it's like a joke, but I'm a nice, funny person. And that that people gravitate toward that more. And I feel like when you are kind on the inside and you're a good person on the inside, I think that makes you look even prettier. Yeah. And more handsome. Whatever. Like yeah. And you know what? She's ugly on the outside and on the inside. So that says a lot about her. So you know what? Rude. How about you put Rude. a paper bag over your face and shut up? Rita. I think that was her name. Rita. I don't okay, remember. Okay, Rita. I don't remember. Whatever. Not important. Insignificant. Something like that. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. Enough of her. Um, <laughs> the next one is to connect with nature. Now, I had to put this in parentheses because I'm not a nature girly. I hate bugs. I hate the sun. I hate being cold. I hate it. I'm like, I like I to get in the dark. Bugs, <laughs> gross. I don't like birds. Oh, birds freak me out. I'm just like, I'm I'm not really a nature girly, okay? But get this. So exposure to natural environments has been shown to reduce stress levels and improve mood and can provide a sense of calm and relaxation. And I can say I have experienced this a lot. Like when I've gone like kayaking. Oh my god, I love kayaking. It's like floating. It's like it's like heaven. Um, when like I've gone to like Colorado and like in the mountains and stuff and it's just so beautiful and so peaceful and amazing when I've gone into parts of nature that are meant to be enjoyed, I have truly felt so peaceful and like at one with myself in the world, but like going like, uh, just like certain places just are not like certain outdoor areas are just not meant to be enjoyed. I'm sorry. They're just not. They're just not. No. 
But I'm a I'm a big hippie girl. I love being outside. I like getting there. I don't like bugs, and, that's and I don't I was like birds. Say I don't mean this in like a hippy dippy go outside like we want. And see, I am a hippy dippy. I'm like go because, put your feet in the grass. Like, but like that that's not that's not what I mean. But I mean yeah. like it's not just like a hippy dippy statement. Like go outside and be on the earth. It's real. Oh yeah. it's real. It truly can bring you serenity. And but like for me, one of the hardest parts much like the gym, is getting there and doing it. Outside, because yeah. I'm just like, I don't really feel like it. Yeah. I'd rather just stay in my bed because I'm stressed out. But going outside, I love Buddy Holly Park. Yeah. Um, the little, like, lake uh-huh. and the little bridge. And then you can go right there to Hebrews and rent a I kayak. It's so much fun. Um, doing stuff like that truly does bring so much peace and just – I'm telling you, literally, when we don't have a lot of nature here, in no. Public, so what we do have, see, and I'm like, serene, literally, clean. go put just like, and I'm, I'm very weird with like texture on my feet, but like, if there's good grass, take your socks and shoes off and put your feet in the grass for just a second. And I'm telling you, it is just at least for me. Like I said, I'm a big hippie person. Like I, I love to be outside. But there are times like when I'm just depressed, I will I will go to the park and I will just sit in the grass with with polo and just just sit there like no music, no nothing. I mean, I'm just sitting there, not on my phone, anything. I'm just like, okay, I can breathe. I can. It's like okay, we're like we're good. It almost like grounds you. Yeah, sunbathing, moonbathing, it's beautiful. It's like it recharges you. But it really does. It's so good. Like, yeah. Love that. Okay, what's next? We have two left. So the next one is to practice gratitude. Ooh, that's a good one. Now, I try to do this every day. Sometimes I forget. I have a stack of journals next to my bed because I have, like, my regular journals and my guided journals. Big <laughs> journal girly. Yes, you are. And um, one of them specifically is a gratitude journal. And so cool. just – Go in there, write what I'm grateful for that day. That's cool. And try not to repeat myself too much on what I'm obviously grateful for every day, like husband, friends, blah, 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 blah. Like love that, grateful every day. But something that made me grateful that day, and sometimes it's something as simple as having a body, being able-bodied, being Uh. able to breathe, being able to see. Like it's just – The things that you take for granted every single day. Yeah. like that – some people don't have, and it's you don't think about it because you have it, right? Okay, I like that yeah. a lot. So I love to practice gratitude. It helps keep me humble, and it helps me. It just helps me a lot. Yeah. So the last thing is to celebrate your progresses, and we love to celebrate our progresses uh-huh. here. We get fake champagne. Yes, we do. We get snacks. I make dinner. We get treats. That's right. We Yeah, we dance around. We act crazy. make TikToks. Something I meant to mention when I was talking about um, achievable goals um, and uh, gratitude and what else? Um, self-care routine. Okay. Like I said, I'm a big journal girly. Um, if you get like a journal for shit like that, it is so rewarding. So whenever you get to celebrate your progress, you're celebrating because you literally see that you've filled out 
what you've been trying to attain. And if you're creative, you can make a bullet journal, which is way fun. What's a bullet journal? So a bullet journal is just a dotted journal. And then you go in there and write and create your own trackers and stuff like that. Oh, cool. And so then you fill them out and stuff I like really that. I really need to start So then you can see like, oh my gosh, I drank X amount of water today. I worked out this amount of days. I haven't okay. smoked in these days. I've been drinking these days. I did this and that. And they have like printables uh-huh. online, but they also just have like a lot of references where you can like make your own. Yeah. I have bullet journals and I love them. And it's so fun to like fill it out and see once you've accomplished that. Yeah. Even if you're like reading a book yeah. and then you celebrate that progress and then it's just chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Best feeling in the world. That's really smart to do that. Cause it is so important to celebrate your successes because Without reward, I feel like without reward, there's like, there's not gain, you know, like you need to be, and whether that is a physical reward or even just like a pat on the back or I, Hey, you're doing fucking awesome. Sometimes I just need words of affirmation as a reward. Like, Hey, like you look really good or, Oh my God, I'm so proud that you've done like you've whatever, like. I love that. And it's like, that in itself is very rewarding. Yeah. For sure. The way I see it is if something happens bad or something happens that I don't like, I'm going, there's going to be consequences to it. And they're usually bad. But if I've done something good. There's a reward. There's a reward. Why shouldn't there be? Like, why should I do something good and then just go about my day as if nothing ever happened? Yeah. Whenever, if I'm willing to fuck myself up, if something bad happens, like, girl, you better be celebrating yourself. Uh Because if you do something bad tonight, come on. uh, uh, uh. Because, yeah, when you do something that you're not supposed to, there is always repercussions. There's always repercussions every time. Mm -hmm. So if doing something bad always has an outcome, then why not doing something good? should receive a reward and a be- like a benefit. Exactly. Like why? Like why? Why would it? Why shouldn't it? Says who? You know, some people are like, oh well, you should be rewarded for doing your job. Fuck you. Oh my God, I know I hate that. I hate that. It's like, like you want a cookie? Yes, I do. Yeah, actually I want a cookie. I want a fucking gold sticker. I want something I want, I want crumble gold... cookies. I want a bouquet of roses. Thank you. I want you to get my nails done. Okay. And, and a foot massage. And that could be I got up today, I made my bed and whatever. You know what? I'm gonna take myself to Freaking Starbucks or whatever and get my, treat yourself. That's exactly Treat yourself. Right. Live every day as a treat yourself. Unless it becomes too expensive. You know, you know, be, be weary. Like chill or just get a credit card. Yeah. <laughs> be three. Oops. <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> Might have maxed out. <laughs> um, but yeah, like if doing something bad is always going to have a repercussion, why shouldn't doing something good always have a reward? It should. Exactly. Exactly. But you guys, we have talked so long, and we hope that this episode was helpful, informative to you. And fun. We hope that, yes, and fun. We hope that you're not ever too hard on yourselves, and we hope that you maybe grabbed a pen and paper to write down these 12 steps of success, um, of things you can do. I I guess I should should re-listen to the episode. Yeah. Yeah, re-listen to it, because we're funny. I find... Oh, yeah, sorry. I used the website choosingtherapy.com to kind of guide us through 
but all of the uh, banter in between was just Briar and I. Yeah. Well, you gotta, you know, you gotta have some preface, y'all. You know. But yeah, we just needed a little outline for y'all. We, yeah. We didn't want to just be talking out of our asses. I mean, yeah. I mean, we still do, but like, yeah. but in a structured way. Stru- yeah, we needed structure. We need structure talking out of our asses. <laughs> <laughs> and I gotta say one more time, happy birthday, Sarah. I love you so Thank much. You. Even in the air tomorrow, happy birthday. I love you, you gorgeous 31-year-old queen. 31, <laughs> having fun. You guys, Ugh. I cut my hair. It's going with my Halloween oh costume. Oh, my God, guys. I'm not revealing the costume so fucking yet, good. Oh. I, I cut my hair. It totally says I'm 31. I'm having fun. And I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed, too. You're so fucking hot. God damn. And I think tomorrow is going to be a really good day. It's going to be an amazing day. Or today, if y'all are listening tomorrow. And... I love everyone. I'm so happy to have this podcast. Oh my gosh, yes. And to have it here with Briar. Yeah. To have listeners. I got asked this past weekend, are you Sarah from No BS from Briar and Sarah? And I'm like, yes. <gasps> yes. Like trying to play it cool. <laughs> but inside, I'm not playing it cool. Inside, I'm like, oh my God, that's crazy. Cool. Thank every you. time. Every time. Um. I'm just happy and I'm grateful to be living another year. With another day even. Another day even with all the bad and all the good. I'm so excited. And we're gonna excited go ahead and, grateful. and wrap this episode up. Finally. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're not sure how long it is yet, but we're about to find out. I mean, we are gonna talk fucking hours. I-, I could still go, honestly. Honestly, but we won't for y'all. We're doing say- this on y'all's behalf that yeah. we're stopping. So, but you're welcome. Yes. For the podcast and for Soppy. That's right. And until next time, you guys, don't don't BS yourselves. yourselves. Bye. Bye.